0: Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Highland Bridge Builders podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Fagala, and today I'll be teaching on a new series that we're starting. This is a discussion-based DVD series, and so these podcasts will be pretty short. There will be a lot of material that is missing. So what I would encourage you to do is there's a site called Right Now Media, christian netflix of sorts and there is a video series called i can only imagine it's based on the famous song and also 2018 film of the same name and it's based around the life of bart millard who's the one who wrote that song had a troubled childhood and through that found redemption it's a really wonderful film and song it's also a wonderful bible study dvd series so we're going to do that in four weeks and so this week we'll be on the topic of imagine a loving father So for most of us, we may have had uh, difficulties with our fathers, our earthly fathers growing up and that can certainly affect our view of our Heavenly Father of God. Um, It can also be uh, emotional baggage that we carry with us for many years. Um, I look forward to this. You're going to again miss a lot of this, but I thought, well, we may as well podcast it and give some uh, idea of what the class was about. Um, Of course, the discussion will be within groups. Most of that will go missing but i think we'll uh, hopefully get something out of this regardless Uh, so without further ado let's go in with uh, imagine a loving father all right so we're starting this series it's called i can only imagine and what we're gonna do is each week we're going to watch a video we'll discuss as groups we're also going to look at a passage of scripture from each of the gospels and then we're going to discuss how god reveals himself to us through the life of jesus Uh, i do want to start with this question has anyone seen Uh, It's a 2018 film called I Can Only Imagine. Has anyone seen it? I was thinking probably no one had. Um, I haven't either, if that makes you feel better. I've not seen it. I kind of want to see it after these videos. Has anyone heard the song I Can Only Imagine? Has anyone not heard the song I Can Only Imagine? No one's going to raise their hand. (laughs) Okay, I'm not going to play this song for you because I think that would be awkward. Um, But... Well, I mean, it's a good song, but it, like, to sit and listen would be kind of awkward, I think. Um, it's actually the best-selling Christian song of all time, which is pretty cool. It sold over 3 million copies and uh, from a band that, at the time, no one knew of. It also crossed over onto like country and pop radio, like secular radio, which is pretty cool. And especially when you look at the lyrics, it's pretty crazy. I actually saw them kind of line up the lyrics for that song versus like what was a hit song at the time. Called Havana, and like the lyrical content was a little different. Um, so I mean, it's a, it's a pretty deep song, talking about heaven and talking about seeing Jesus and what what your reaction would be. Um, the movie is also a hit, a surprise hit if you follow like box office results. Which for whatever reason I do, I don't know why I do that. It's a waste of time probably, but um, it made eighty three million dollars which is pretty good. It was a budgeted movie of seven million, so that's a huge return. Um, The tagline for the film was the song you know, the story you don't, and I think that's fair because I know the song, to be honest, it's like, I've heard it so many times, it's not when when a song comes on, I'm not like, oh yeah, that's great. I've heard it thousands of times, but in revisiting this for this series, it is a great song, I love the lyrics, and I love the idea that a song about heaven would be that popular. this uh, movie, though, and this series that's based on this movie, it tells a life story of Mercy Me's lead singer. His name's Bart Millard. And uh, he grew up with an abusive father. He grew up with a distant mother. And in his early adulthood, he had to come face-to-face with his own deep need for acceptance. So I will say, to take the Band-Aid off, this series is pretty emotional. It's pretty, pretty deep stuff. This is not like surface level. Maybe some of it is, some of it isn't. And I'll just say on the front end is that I know all of our childhoods were different maybe some of ours were similar maybe you had a wonderful father and a wonderful mother and maybe you didn't and so I'll just say on the front end is I'm not a trained psychologist I feel in some ways inadequate to talk on these topics and to lead discussion on these topics um, because I think I had a pretty pretty regular childhood so my dad is in here so um, I had a dad that was a good dad was not abusive to me and things like that so i don't really understand those things so well um, and then you're standing right here and you do know all these things so that's fantastic so i may just defer to you as needed um, the main point today though is this is that uh, when we're considering people that go through these sorts of things we need to consider how that affects them theologically or how it affects them spiritually And obviously we understand how it affects them emotionally but for Bart, uh, the lack of love he experienced from his earthly father did challenge his view of his heavenly father. And I think that's an interesting concept, and that's kind of the one that we're wanting to drive home today. Uh, but before we begin, we're going to go through some scripture. We're going to watch a video. I want to start with an easy question. I think it's an easy question. Okay, And this doesn't have to be like super long answers, and don't overthink it. But uh, what were you taught about God growing up? Like, what are some things that come to mind that you were taught about God? Grant, thanks for filling in this side of the room. We
1: appreciate you.
0: <laughs> what were you taught about God growing up, Grant? Um.
1: So my dad. We grew up. As I was five, we quit going to church because um, my dad had a really. We really got fired. Um, Not good. Um, we went to Crossroads, one of the Boston Movement. Yeah. Which was kind of like a. I mean, some people considered it like a Church of Christ cult. There was a 2020 special on it. If you haven't heard of it, you should look it up. It's pretty interesting.
0: Anna's family was in that too. Just yeah. to so, embarrassing. Yeah.
1: Kindred spirits there. So it was like real authoritarian and hardline and like really works based. And so my dad, after that, like was. I mean, one of the reasons he got fired because he was teaching about grace. And um, so I taught, or I was taught that God is a very grace-filled God. Um, but I, I don't think I understood how God like, changes you to do good works because um, we didn't talk as much about that. We just talked about His grace, which is you know, good. But um, So that was kind of what I was taught growing up mostly.
0: That's okay. What are some other things maybe you learned in Sunday school or you were taught about God?
2: I think of that song, Oh, Be Careful Little Eyes That You See. And like ears what you hear. Like I feel like I my overwhelming feeling of God was I better be careful what I do and say because the father of above is looking down in love, you know, like he loves me. <laughs> but uh, but be careful, little you know, hands what you do, feet where you go. Hmm.
0: Yeah. How about one or two more.
3: I feel it's similar experience of that, that God is loving, but you better not do the wrong thing, because then you're going to hell. (laughs) It was kind of a very, like, black and white kind of um, extremes kind of view of God, and and also that God was also looking at the clothing that you wore, and (laughs) you always had to wear a skirt or a dress, and it had to be below your knees. I mean, there was, like, a lot of, like, I guess, workspace stuff, but also, like, how you present yourself is very
0: important. Mm. Sure. (laughs) I also don't identify with that either, the <laughs> skirt thing. So, um, I think that's probably pretty common for, especially if you grew up in a smaller church, perhaps. Um, yeah, more conservative, probably. I think
3: I was taught, I mean, I, I, these words weren't said to me, but it's what I learned was that in and out. So if I was doing good and I wasn't doing bad things, then I was in. But the second that I was then I would
0: have gone, you know,
3: then I was going to hell. <laughs> and so I always had this, like, how am I doing this
0: week. This week I'm doing pretty well. But, like, this in and out love. Hmm. Yeah, so basically that God's love was contingent on our actions. Okay, that's great. Uh, well, let's jump into this. Uh, I'm going to get, uh, let's see. Anna, I'm going to have you read this, and then I'm going to have someone else read it again. So we'll see who does a better job. Just kidding. Go, go ahead and read. This is from Matthew 3. This is super famous passage. We all know it. This is John the Baptist baptizing Jesus. Go ahead, Anna. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John
2: to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased.
0: Andrew, can you just pick up actually at verse 16 and read that again?
4: And when Jesus was baptized,
2: immediately
5: he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him.
0: Okay, that's great. Uh, I just want to open with a prayer, then we're going to watch the video. It's about 12 minutes long. Then we're going to try and split up into small groups of about six or so, and then we'll do some discussion. Let's pray. Uh, God, we thank you so much for the uh, opportunity to come together today and to learn more about your character, God, and uh, God also to uh, reflect on our own experiences and uh, our own character. Um God, thank you for working in the lives of the people here today, uh, both in seen and unseen ways. Uh, And God, give us insight into your word as we gather, as we discuss. Um, Help us, God, to understand your grace, uh, but also to truly experience it and practice it in our lives. And help us to love as you love. Amen. All right, so I'll see if I can get this going. You may not know, but they have improved the internet around here, which is great. And I will just warn you, again, some of this is really emotional. It does show clips from the movie, so it might feel a little melodramatic to you, but I think it's great. So I'm just that's my disclaimer. All right, so I wanna start with this question. Um, and There's a lot in this video that I wish we could talk through. There's a lot of just really cool stuff. I like what he says about uh, as a father, trying to live up to that standard one way or the other, I think has hit hard with me. And then talking about kind of like the legalistic view of trying to please God and things like that. And there's some really good stuff. And it gets better from there. I think the ne- the next uh, three that we're doing are even better than, than this one. So, um, But uh, there's a thing on forgiveness, redemption, and then a thing on heaven this is the last one. It's really good. Um there's a, there's a quote in this where he, Bart says that he remembers feeling incredibly alone and it was devastating. That kind of sticks with me, too. Um, I want to ask this question. Uh, if anyone feels comfortable doing it, again, we'll see how it goes. Uh, describe your relationship with your earthly father. Uh, what was he like growing up? And you can share kind of positive or negative uh, attributes and maybe focus on stuff that affects your life now if you feel like sharing that.
4: You know, stuff like that, I want to make sure I do the right things. Uh, and there wasn't a lot of emotional support because I felt like he had a lot of emotional stuff growing up, you know, being African-American here in the South and stuff like that. There's a lot that he's dealing with, you know, that I deal with, that, uh, you know, that we, that we have in common, but yeah, we still don't kind of talk about it, so. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's kind of it.
0: Do you feel like it affects how you father and how you parent? Or?
4: Um, yeah, I find myself kind of doing some of the same things naturally mm-hmm. um, and trying to work hard against those things. And it's kind of one of those things you kind of got to take a moment to step back and kind of really think about what you're doing in order to kind of change, change my
0: behavior. Mm. Yeah, thanks for sharing sure that. I know it's not easy to discuss. Probably be better in a in a small group, but I think most of us know each other pretty well.
5: Feel very fortunate for the relationship that I have in my dad, just because you know, growing up in the church, um, he was probably a really good example, and so um, I've been able to hear him talk about parenting. versus you know, laying down the wall and then uh, kind of like a mentor so like, I feel like he's in that mentor stage here as far as personally, professionally, spiritually, um, he's my go-to and then I have an issue so I recognize that obviously not, that not everybody has that relationship so I think that just kind of helped put in perspective that how fortunate I am
0: yeah. Yeah, what I kind of appreciated watching this is that when you you have a sort of, you know, relatively easy upbringing, you take a lot of things for granted. And it's sort of like this idea that if you know when you go back to somewhere that what you left is going to be there, you don't have that anxiety that you that you carry. So like if you have a father that's always there, you don't have that anxiety. And so it's it's one of those things you you begin to appreciate what people carry from that you know feeling anxious their whole lives whereas i didn't have to you know so uh, just, one of the things that stood
2: out to me was that uh, you know like the, the more like i have the more children i have and the more busy life gets like the more i find that it's almost impossible to parent without having that like short views every now and then that like lashing out in an anger mm-hmm. or yelling at your kids or Um, and my dad did that too I mean my dad was not abusive, but I remember those moments and I think that one of the things that has been really helpful for me now as a parent is that um, like he said about his dad like those moments after that when your dad is um, like humbly comes to you and apologizes and like sets you on his knee and you can tell that there's like genuine desire for relationship and desire to overcome those or you just
0: can't control it. Um, I think it's been so important for me in my parenting. Yeah. Yeah, that that part really touched home with me is that you try and be a, like a stern parent and uh, you sometimes just you scare your kids and that's not good. So I mean fear is not always a bad thing, you know, but it's it's uh, it's a balance. Um, he uh he says in this video, most of my life was living in fear. And he's talking of his dad when his anger is so sporadic, you don't know what's going to set him off. Um, let me switch on to this question. Uh, what ways did you try to earn your father's love growing up? And I think the, the theological question here is is that, is that connection, sorry, is there a connection between this and then trying to earn God's love and salvation? I mean, I, I see it with my kids, like, you know, them trying to do whatever they can. Like, I think I think a George, like, he realizes that, as the third, his way to, to get attention is, maybe it's just who he is, but like, he's real sweet and he's funny and he's always smiling and, like, you can just see in him this, like, he's figured out how to, like, get attention. Libby's is maybe to kind of, like, act really dramatic or to be upset or to have a problem with things because it gets Anna's attention. Um, I don't know that Charlie wants attention so he's an introvert um, but it, but it's interesting I, like I see it in them like I know kind of what they're doing to try and get attention and I hate that they have to try you know that's that's kind of the, you know, the difficult part because I'm so distracted or so busy or whatever you know what are some things maybe you did do you have any like recollection of of doing that my father's
3: um and so um, a lot of the ways that he communicated with me was through scripture, which um, had its ups <laughs> and, and downs, for sure. Um, so, um, and, and I think, like, my father did say, like, I love you and, and things like that, but he never said, uh, like, I'm proud of you or, or things like that, and that's still is something you know that i don't get much of these days and i find myself still trying to earn that as well um working on that it's true um so i think for me to like try and earn his his love in that way i would like come up with biblical questions or like i would be reading a scripture and i'd reach out to him um, because my parents were divorced um reach out to him hey daddy tell me a little bit more about this like i've been thinking about this and um, while that got me deeper into the scripture and things like that, and fostered my own love um, for God, uh, it was definitely a way of trying to connect with my father um, and trying to speak his language. Um, hmm. uh, yeah. So.
0: Yeah, that's great. Probably some of us like get into sports or something to like you know, identify with our dads, or I'm sure, I'm sure there's like many examples of that. Um, I do think, like, I don't know if it's a dad thing or if it's just a a church thing or it's like a learned thing, but I think I still feel this, like, need to, like, perform for God. And that might be, I don't know, might be a dad thing, I don't know. But uh, I think I definitely feel that. He was saying that. He was like, it was only until recently that I realized that even doing these songs and, you know, basically preaching, like, Mercy Me as a band is, like, you know, very, you know, it's like in the word type stuff, you know, so. When they're performing, there's some somewhat of a sermon to it, and uh, it was a performance, you know, trying to kind of like make it count or kind of earn his salvation. Um, they, they make this connection in Matthew 3, so we, we read it twice for the purpose that we would know that story and kind of imagine yourself in that story, you know, there on the river, and John is baptizing um, his cousin, and this dove comes out of heaven and speaks, which is pretty crazy. So things are getting real in Matthew all of a sudden. Uh, We already had a miraculous birth and now we have a dove coming from heaven. And obviously that voice says, This is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. And I I think the point that they're making is is that Jesus was aware that his father loved him. And that was a part of his ministry. And the fact that he knew that he was fully loved was one of the reasons by which he was able to love people completely. So he was fully aware of that. it also is a realization that, that we want to feel loved and accepted. We want our Father to tell us that they're proud of us, like you said. Like We really want that. It's a, it's a, it's a core emotional need that we all have. Uh, what we also want, whether we realize it or not, is for Jesus to feel that way about us, for God to feel that way about us. So the same things we want from our earthly Father the same things that we want from our heavenly Father. Um, and we are children of God. We see that in the Bible all over, but in 1 John 3 we, we see that. And so... Um, as God's very own sons and daughters, uh, we want to be certain of Christ's love and our Father's love for us and His acceptance of us. I think it's a very core you know, desire and core feeling. And we should live daily with that sense of acceptance and love. It's not something that, that comes and goes or that we earn or that we have a little bit less of or that we come in and out of. You know, it's something that's there permanently. And so to whatever degree, like, your experience with the earthly father has sort of marred that or has sort of blurred that. Uh, you need to accept that God is not your earthly father and vice versa. You know, And so God is a perfect God and God is love. He not only loves us and accepts us, but he is love. You know, um, So it's a usually important takeaway from this. Um, here's kind of the next question that for me is kind of natural. So I'm a parent, so everything always kind of comes back to this as I'm thinking about You know, my relationship with a heavenly father, I think of my relationship as as an earthly father, both with an earthly father, but also as an earthly father. Um, And so uh, we have a heavenly father who loves us, his children. How should that impact how we parent our children? So how is that kind of presented as you've been thinking through these things?
3: Mm-hmm. The last like seven weeks, and the biggest thing that they talk about every week is um, connection before correction, and just like having that. Really You know, if that's going to impact um, my testimony
0: or whatever in our home, you
3: know, so. you're
5: tearing down,
0: you build them up. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, and this obviously super deep stuff, but um I feel like sometimes when I, you know, punish my kids or try and get them to do what they need to do, I, I feel like they need to disconnect emotionally, mm-hmm. so that it, um I don't know, so that which there's a difference in you know, disciplining them emotionally, meaning that you're like fired up. And I guess that's maybe what I'm kind of feeling is I feel the need to just, just kind of dole out the, the punishment or the desire without emotion. You know. But I think sometimes that also presents in a negative way as disconnecting in a relationship sense. And so not, not connecting and just focusing purely on the correction. So sometimes we're all punish them, and I, I almost like part of the punishment is that emotional disconnection. Which that portion's not healthy, I know that. Um, so maybe finding that balance between not wanting to be like abusive, both emotionally and certainly not physically, but also not just being so cold, you know, like as a like a distant father, a distant God would be, you know, to say this will be your punishment and this, you know, seven years of pestilence and I'm far away, you know, because I don't think that's what God is about either. So that's great. I like that. And God is present among us. You know, we sense His presence. And you see that in the Old Testament. His presence was literally like in a cloud and fire, and they were very aware of that. And uh, His presence is ever so closer today. And I think we, we, we lose that. So, um, there is no way we're going to get through everything. I, I would like to, to try and get through a couple of these other things. So, um, let's uh, do this God affirms, accepts, and loves you. Which of these realities resonates most with you? I'll just say, I, th- I think the fact that God uh, accepts me, despite the fact that I'm not a good person, is, uh, is one that I kind of struggle with. I think is God's the only one that actually knows everything that I do and everything that I think. And the fact that He would accept me uh, is is maybe the the most beautiful thing. Um, it's also this is kind of follow up. It's also the hardest thing to believe. Is, is that you know because if everyone knew the things that I've done, or the things that I think, or you know those sort of things, that's true of all of us. I, you know I don't I, you know David's a friend of mine, but if he knew all that, I don't know if he would accept me. You know he might love me. Like I think you know we think of God as like well if God is love and he loved me, but he may not like me. You know it's that kind of an idea. So I think that's the one that. Hits most home with me. Anybody else? I think, I think
1: affirmation that he would like actually not just love you, not just accept you, but actually affirm you, and be like you're like I see you as good, not just like yeah hey, I'll, I'll accept you, but like I actually hmm. see you as good. That's that's really hard for me to believe, and so that's what's so amazing about what Christ did is like when we when we receive that, that's how that's how God sees us, and that's a that's hard for me to believe, you know, because yeah. I think, because you know, I'm not, I know that I'm not good, and uh, so it's just hard for me to believe that he would affirm me in that way. Yeah. The, uh, the psychology, like our psychology and the theology that runs so tight together, it's kind of neat, kind of to unpack because I think when we typically think of either affirming someone else or being affirmed. Our psychology says when well, we affirm people based on what they do, based on their behavior, based on their conduct, so our, our psychology says, well, God would affirm me if I'm living a certain way, if I'm doing the right things, but like Grant was pointing out, it's actually just the opposite. We're not affirmed based on what we do, like the gospel says, just the opposite. You know, we deserve death and separation, but we're affirmed based on what Christ did for us, which means there's nothing you can do to make God no longer find pleasure in His relationship with you, because it's not based on
0: Based on your country, right? yeah. That's great. Um, there were two more questions, and uh, maybe we'll just kind of look at them and then we'll kind of wrap up. But uh, I think it's maybe these are good, like maybe lunch topics, okay, or things you can think of. But is there anything lacking in your earthly father that you find yourself hoping God would fulfill? I think we've kind of gotten at some of that already. But I think that's a, again, for me, it's just a realization. It, it's, it's one of these things where you, you can't understand other people's perspectives until you. You know, kind of step inside their shoes and empathize with it. I think it's one of those things like since I have a dad that he's still here still provides for me, still very selfless Um, I don't think I I struggle with those things but obviously for others uh, that's the case and I'm sure there's things you're lacking in in the same way that I'm lacking, you know we're not perfect fathers Um, but just a good thing to kind of think about and then there's this and this is where we'll kind of wrap up. Uh, Bart says he was desperate to experience the good news about Jesus after such a difficult childhood would you describe yourself as desperate to know God? So I think the hope is is that even if you had a good childhood, even if things are comfortable, that you recognize the aspects of your life that are broken. And unless we realize that we are separated and that we are sinful and that we are broken, we'll have no need for a cure. We'll have no need for anyone to mend us or to make us better. Um, And so I think we should be desperate. If we're not, we feel like, no, I'm pretty good. I think we're missing something. I think we're not being self-aware. We're not being honest. Um, and then, obviously, if you have you know pain that you carry from your earthly father, I think it's the sort of thing that you, you gotta you gotta unpack and work with someone on. Because I don't, I think it's helpful to carry that, you know. And so, uh, get with a counselor, work through that. Um, and and I think there is healing to be found in Christianity. Um, and in time spent with counselors and in time spent in prayer and so on and so forth so um, we're going to do this again three weeks in a row so are you up next week i think eric is up next week, I'm the next week. eric oh you are the next week no, Eric's next week. Then. okay thank you um, eric will do a much better job i have no doubt um and we may not podcast i'm sorry i had this out i thought we were gonna do a little group so i was gonna pause it it's probably a little awkward some of you may not have spoken because of that like seven people listen to it, so don't, don't worry. And I did not attach names to who was speaking. Probably can't even hear yourself. Um, but if that makes you uncomfortable, we don't have to do it next week. Um, I do thank you all for, for commenting. I'll tell you, I think, the, again, the rest of the series is great. I don't want to spoil anything, but the story is incredible. So if you get a chance to watch the movie, I'd like to watch it this week if I can. But it's just a really cool story. Um, all right, well, let's go ahead and kind of wrap up with a prayer. And then we'll be dismissed. Sorry we're a little bit late. I know you guys got kids to pick up. Uh, God, thank you so much for this morning. Um, God, thank you for this message and this story um, about your fatherly presence. And uh, God, the fact that you love us, whether we deserve it or not. God, that you accept us, that you affirm us, whether we think we deserve it. And we don't. um, God, but we we love you for that. God, we just pray that the Holy Spirit would, would remind us of these things throughout the week, that it would be uh, something we're mindful of, something that we would discuss. Um, and these truths are, are great things that we should want to think about and that we should want to discuss with other people. Um, and God, may we just experience you as our true Heavenly Father. Um, God, may that bleed into the ways that we father or the ways that we mother or the ways that we are friends to other, other people that we know. And God, just asked, this study would be eye-opening for people. Maybe these are things they've not thought through. Maybe these are things they think through all the time. But, God, that it would be a blessing. Um, God, we love you, and we trust you. And just uh, thankful again for this study and for this class. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll see you next week.